Hey there, this is Julie from Blended Life. Thank you for taking the time to download this episode of our podcast. I hope you find value in it. The truth is though, sometimes you need more than a podcast can offer to get unstuck and find peace in your blended family life. The struggle is real. So this is a personal journey I've been on for years, seeking peace in circumstances and with people I can't control. Becoming Heard was born out of this quest. As a certified life and health coach, I am passionate about helping others just like you and me free themselves from chronic upset and chronic crisis mode. Right now, I'm offering Blended Life listeners a one-on-one free breakthrough session with me. This call will give you clarity to see if coaching is right for you. Take advantage of this opportunity now by emailing me at becomingheardnow at gmail.com. I can't wait to connect with you. Hey everyone, I'm Eric. This is my wife, Julie, guzzling down her glass of water. We are the blended life. And tonight... I don't know, because I don't have notes. Right here. Oh. in front of you. Yeah, so we're going to talk a lot about the exes again tonight. Exes and spouses, the two biggest problems in our motherfucking lives. Wow. we're just going to start off like that. I guess we're yeah. not monetizing this one. Oh. It was we- like within the first... For 15 seconds, but who needs <laughs> money anyways? I told Eric that he should start doing our intros because I get yelled at after. I do our intros, do I not? Well, anyways, no, like introducing Should we start this topics. over? Are we starting it over? Yeah, I think so. No, just keep going. Keep going. I'm sorry. Bad reviews coming in. Rolling in hot, you guys. Let's do this. All right. Well, I guess we'll just, you know, sometimes I wish people could see us before we even start our podcasting. <laughs> Yeah, they don't want to look at us. You know, anyway. All right. So the first topic tonight is about trust and your partner and the kids. And what is trust like trusting your partner with your kids? You know, whether you're the step parent or the bonus parent, the feeling that you're not completely trusted with your bonus slash stepkids. Um, it's a real issue, and it's something that people often write in about and a really big frustration for step parents and a big roadblock for step parents to be able to connect one with their stepkids, but also it creates a lack of bonding and intimacy with your partner slash spouse. And that's a really, really huge deal. So I kind of wanted to talk about, you know, do you ever fully trust, trust, trust? Do you ever fully trust your partner slash step parent in the home with your biological kids or not? I would say no, (laughs) because I think when it comes down to it, what you want, what you want, when you want it, how you want it, and you have carte blanche as a step or as the bio parent. Step parents are just a support to back you up. But I think that when step parents get out of their lane in situations, they shoot themselves in the foot, and then you have a problem in your marriage, which comes back around, did you ever really trust my judgment? Like, just because you didn't want this to happen, 
I felt it was okay for it to happen. You weren't present. I was, so I took the reins and made a decision for these kids as a step-parent slash bonus parent, and now I'm in trouble because of it. Thoughts? Well, I mean, isn't it? Isn't it in our best interest to get to a point where we trust each other anyways? And, you know, I mean, I feel like that's the same thing for um, biological families, too. I mean, at I the totally, end of the day, it all comes down to trust. No, I was totally telling the girls last night when we were talking about this situation um, that I think step-parents, especially step-slash-bonus parents who don't have biological children— think it's just the fact that they're a step step parent bonus parent that's the reason there's no trust and I'm like I could name a thousand bio moms who are naturally married to their kids bio dad and the same trust issue you know like moms don't want to leave the kids with dad because all hell breaks loose and they don't trust kids with dad that's a very common thing in natural families the same thing just kind of happened with uh they're engaged. They actually don't have kids, but they have a puppy. And <laughs> a conversation with a couple yesterday, and it was like, yeah, I can't leave the dog home with him because they just turned into boys, and the dog got into all the Christmas presents and ate some of uh, the bridal shower or, or bridal party presents, and <laughs> like all hell broke loose when she left the house, and <laughs> the dog ate everything, and he's like, I don't know what happened. So, yeah, it's... it's, it's Dogs, just, kids, married, engaged, not married, divorced. Doesn't even matter. This goes across the board. It's an it's a hard issue, and I, it's hard because if you're going to choose someone to do life with and take it a step further, you're going to choose someone to help raise your kids... And you're going to choose not to be present for some of that time. And you're leaving kids in the care of the person that you're sharing your life with. There does have to be some sort of like, I trust your judgment. And you kind of have to roll with that. And if you truly don't, then don't leave your kids with them. Yeah, that's what I was just about to say. You know, if if, if it's too much of something to have to trust and have to micromanage mm. just like a business. You know, if a, if a manager or an owner can't trust their employees, mm-hmm. you know, not saying that this is like an employee type thing, but if you can't trust the people you work with, mm-hmm. why are you working with them? Like get a better team. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you can, you're like, yes, I can. I just need to. And I told you a story about this the other day. One of the, one of the, a great businessman that I know his biggest flaw is he doesn't trust anyone else. He runs a very good business. He, I've learned a lot from him from like, you know, how to how to manage time manage and um, just get things done quickly, mm-hmm. you know, without wasting any time. Step A, step B, step C. They all, you know, it, it, down to the part where he, you know, he switched up his whole shop to make everything work in unison to save 10 seconds at the end of the day, you know. And if if you're going to micromanage like that, like you're either you need to be a Lone Ranger or you need to learn to manage and work with those around you. So if that's your spouse and you're like, yes, this is someone who is, who, you know, I, I love working with, I love being around. I, you know, I want to parent with, I want to share all my time with, all my energy with, then you guys need to learn to communicate 
and trust one another. You need to learn to let go of the reins a little bit and trust in one another. And you and I have found that to be a little difficult in some situations over the years. But as you go, and mostly as you talk about it, it gets a little bit easier. Right. And I think the one thing that helps tackling trust is tackling good communication. So your spouse slash partner will learn to trust you if they know that you're going to be open and communicate everything with them as much as humanly possible. You know, if, if I call you and I leave you a message and a text and you never call me back and I went ahead and said, okay, I'm just going to make this decision because you couldn't get back to me, then that's one that's that's kind of like, oh, well, right. you can't get mad at that. But if I make a decision and I don't check in with you first, then I think that's kind of um, would be seen as disrespectful. Right. Do you feel that same way? Yeah, it's just it comes down to communication, lack of communication, and just right. and trust and lack of trust. Right. You know? Now let's talk about the silent treatment. Not until I give a big shout out to Christine. They say that they have us on the big screen. Oh, so. I've never been <laughs> on guys. the big screen before. <laughs> Actually, you have at the wedding. The big, oh, big screen. The big, big screen. I You're had on the, makeup on. I am like screen. straight COVID. You have COVID? No, but I'm like, I've given up on life. Yeah. No makeup. Didn't do anything to my hair. I have dog hair all over me. Came straight from a full day of shooting to setting up 10 minutes before. I know. It's chaos here. Yeah. In different ways. Um, But okay, so micromanaging your spouse or your partner is never a good thing because they tend to feel beneath you, below you, like you don't trust them, that you're not equally yoked, right? Why is that do a you? muscle joke? No. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You know, and I think that that's a very dangerous territory, but a very common territor- territory that um, bio-parent and step-parent existing in the home fall into, and it creates a lot of resentment, and it creates a lot of um, issues that go far beyond the instance that happens, such as if you give your partner the silent treatment for days because they made a decision you didn't agree with, I don't even know how to help someone through that. What do you say to some? Like, how do you get? It's now printing it. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. I <laughs> was I watch it fall out on the I'm floor. I'm gonna go get it. Talk about technical difficulties, Goodbye. you guys. I printed our topics about a half hour ago, and I'm literally telling Julie, like, have you ever had a printer? And you guys, I'm sure you guys can all relate. Have you ever had a printer, like a home printer, or a scanner, anything that you're like? This thing works great. I'm going to keep this thing forever. <laughs> it is now I started printing our topics <laughs> that we're going to talk on about a half hour ago. And our printer's done nothing and now it's spitting paper out at Julie. So <laughs> anyways, this is this is the type of t- technical difficulties we have all the time. Oh, it's, it, it's printing more. How many <laughs> did you print? Anyways. Oh, dear God. So, um, well, you have topics now. <laughs> well, ahead. we have topics, but okay, I want the silent treatment. We, we I'll give it to you. not talking about the silent treatment. Oh. But it's a really, I don't know, Do you, what do you think about? Okay, here's the deal. Eric and I have had to work out conflict resolution. Like, not conflict resolution. We're not great at that. We don't do that yet. We're still new. <laughs> Julie asked me questions and then answers them for me. <laughs> I do. No, but, like, we've had to learn how each other's, like, fighting conflict styles are. And one thing that... 
I'm going to share because I think that this goes along with you get punished when you do something to someone's kids that they didn't want you to do. You know, you took them somewhere. The bio parent didn't want you to take them there. You took them there anyway. You didn't communicate that you were going to beforehand. So now you're in the doghouse, right? Right, Maybe rightfully so. But now we have an issue in, in the household. And it's like, how do you deal with that? How do you talk it out? Um, Eric used to like just leave. Used to like twice. Yeah. <laughs> he would leave. I need space. I'm like, I, when, so, when we're like heated argument and again, I'm sure some of you can relate to this. You're just like, I can't deal with this right now. Like I can't argue. I can't sit here and argue with you. We're making no headroom. We're just getting angry at yeah. each other. This isn't working. Are we going to keep yelling to the point to where like, we're waking the neighbors or are we going to start throwing blows or like, what's the next step? Like, you know, like it keeps escalating. It's not, it's not getting diminished by any means. It's not getting better. I'm like, all right, I'm going to clear my head. Like I'm literally, Mm -hmm. I'm going to go, I'm going to go drive. I'm going to go on a run. I'm going to do whatever. I'm going to, I'm going to leave for a few hours. Yeah. I'll be back. It's not like I'm leaving. Mm. It's not like I'm going to get Mm. the milk. Yeah. So yes. And he, so his, Conflict style is that he has to take himself out of conflict to be able to process what's happened, to figure out what he wants to respond with, to consider if he's wrong, if I'm wrong, if it's worth being really mad about, or are we going to let it go? He can't do that in the midst of conflict. So Eric needs to leave. And the So what the problem with that was, though, he would take off and then I would not know if he was coming back, when he was coming back, was it hours, because also he wouldn't return texts or answer my phone calls. So, and I understand that he needs space and I, by texting and giving phone calls to him, that's not giving him the space he needs. So this is something we had to really work out. And it was when I told him, listen, you leaving me like that and me having no idea where you are, if you're coming back, if you're gone for an hour, five hours overnight, I don't know. You're not reachable, but it would make me panicky and it would create anxiety. And it was very triggering because I felt abandoned. And I have those issues from a lot of different reasons And it's very triggering for me. So him leaving triggered me in such a way that it made it 10 times worse. He's gone away and he's getting his shit together and totally comes back fine. I'm now worse off than when he left. And now I'm feeling not only upset about what we were discussing, but now I have a whole new set of like hurt, anxious, nervous, abandoned, and a whole plethora. So for me, it like escalates it a million times. And I had to explain that to him. And luckily for me, he loves me enough to stay when he wants to go. Do you not? You haven't done it in years. I don't. Because I heard you. Like it was a valid point that you made. Right. So, and we had to kind of meet in the middle. Like I understand that I sometimes need to leave the room and we have to stop. Like we can't continue talking about it. Because he needs that space. So it's like finding that, 
being able to talk through your conflict styles is very important, especially when it comes to sensitive topics and boundaries such as kids, because that's a whole new level of intensity when you are having a fight about the kids. It's different than if you're having a fight about you parked too close to the curb and now my tire is on the curb and that's really bad because it's a low profile tire to begin with and just messes everything up and you know how many times I have to tell you to get out of the truck a certain way like stop getting out of the truck a certain way right you guys notice how I'm the asshole in this relationship that's not true you we <laughs> we fight to come to blows that's never <laughs> happened like uh-huh. I'm just saying we don't ever want it to get there so oh my gosh but anyway so um but it's different when you're fighting about kids versus other life things it gets more intense so it's super important to figure out to come and to meet in the middle with your conflict styles. Like I had to respect his needs. He had to respect my triggers. And now we don't get to resolution yet because we're still growing, but we at least when we're fighting, it's not, or arguing it isn't as bad as it has been, right? Like it's getting better and progress is really good. And I'm proud of us for that. Right? Right. Okay. I'm going to pat myself on the back now. Yeah. I can't reach my back today. How does one break silent treatment? I think. Like if uh, one, if one is giving it and one's texting, like, I love you. I'm sorry. At some point in time, you just need to be like, all right, I'm going to give them their space. I'll be here when you want to come around. If you don't want to come around, I'll be here until you tell me otherwise. At some point in time. You've got to let go. Like you've just like, and I'm not talking about everything, but you have to just be like, you know what? I've tried. I've tried this. I've tried that. I've tried a hundred things. I'm not getting through. You know what? This isn't up to me. This isn't in my hands. I'm going to do what I need to do. doesn't mean I'm going to go out and, and go to the bars and hang out, you know, with other people. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't mean that you need to change your lifestyle that day, but it's like, you know what? Okay, well, I'll make my own dinner. I'll... I'll, I'll, I'll just, I'm going to do me. I'm going to, I'm going to take care of me. I'm going to make sure that everything that needs to get done on my end, my responsibilities, whatever they may be, I'm going to do, you know, and then if the other person comes around, then they come around when they come around. But eventually, I mean, you can only give the silent treatment for so long. But the thing is with the silent treatment, (laughs) it cracks me up that people choose this kind of way to resolve conflict, engage in conflict, whatever, because it makes it so much worse. Like the, now you have a whole new set of time to, you know what I mean? Like all these issues and people are just getting more, instead of just dealing with it at that time and getting it over with, we're now just prolonging and adding to the list of things. And it's kind of dismissive and disrespectful. Like you're not even worth a conversation. That's how I would take it. The silent treatment's like, you're not even worth having a conversation about. I get you need space, but at some point. (coughs) COVID. Yeah. (laughs) She's drinking water tonight, you guys, which she doesn't normally do on air. But at some point, you have to face your partner. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Eventually, they'll come around, you know, like, you know, at a certain point in time, it becomes too much. You know, and for, for both of you, you know, and it's either we're going to talk about this or we're not, you know, are we get, you know, 
what why am I giving you the silent treatment is it is it really necessary like is it something that happened that is unexcusable mm-hmm. you know like I I'm giving you the silent treatment because I ta- I I caught you cheating on me with someone and I just don't I I just want to give you the silent treatment and never hear from you again you know is it that extreme where it's like take your hint and and leave you know or is it something small you know where you know I brought I bought the wrong ice cream at the store and you're mad that it's not the ice cream that you like and now you're just not going to talk to me anymore because you know you're just mad yeah. so 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 way out like what why are we at this point? Is it worth it? Does someone just need space? Like, is this, you know, and the person giving silent treatment too, you know, like, is this, is this really what I want? Like, why am I doing this? Yeah. So. And usually when it's like, I think silent treatment for days is an overreaction. And usually if somebody's overreacting, right, there's something so much more going on. Maybe. You know, something so much deeper, bigger more issues that they haven't, that they've been stuffing and now it's so overwhelming to them. They can't even, you know, if they open their mouth, it's like verbal vomit on you. Yeah. But that's, I mean, that's a good point too, though. Like if you get to that point where it's like, I'm just going to freak out, then maybe you start writing down or, yeah, or vlogging or blogging or what is it that you all do? I don't know. What is it? Yeah. I mean, like you like to open up your phone. And write stuff down like you like. And, oh, and my not, no, I have like over 1300 notes in my phone. Anyone else like your little note app? It's just filled. Right. Yeah, it's good. You, it's good to it's that's a great way to process your feelings is to write it down. And talking about it, too, with safe people is interesting because I, I can't tell you how many times I've said what I'm thinking out loud and been like, oh, this is the stupidest shit ever. Like, I can't even believe I'm mad about this because I'm saying it. And I'm like, oh, when I say it, it sounds much different than how it's playing out in my head. Even when I write it down, when I look at it and I read it and I'm like, really? Well, a, a little you insider know? note too that most of the viewers probably or listeners don't know is that most of, not all, but a lot of mm-hmm. our blended life, Instagram, Facebook mm-hmm. quotes and inspirations mm-hmm. come from those notes that you write down. A lot of your talking points and your little, mm-hmm. your pictures with the words on them, those are all epiphanies that you've had throughout the years. Mm-hmm. Some of them current, some of them way old. But a mm-hmm. lot of times that's like what you reference to. You're like, huh, what can I write about? And you pull up your notes. Yeah, it's, it's so weird because I have, things will come to me natural, like, I think it's divine. I don't think I'm all knowing or smart, but I have things that pop into my head like one liners or life lessons and they and I have to get them down as fast as I can, but it's not always a, a time where I can spend a post, like time creating a content. But yeah, you're right. I keep all of our little secrets and life hacks and epiphanies in those notes. And it's a great way if you guys it's a great tool to use and it's on your, you know, everyone has their phone on them all the time. So I challenge you guys, if you have tough feelings, tough things that you're working through, lessons you've learned from what you've gone through in your past or have gone through currently, open up your notes on your phone and start just typing them down. And once you get that flow going, it's really amazing to see 
the perspective you gain, it, you put yourself in check, you go back and read it and you see how far you've come or it helps you work things out. Like, like I said, just seeing it down in writing is very different than how you play it out in your head. Um, Especially when you come back to it later. Yeah. So that's a, that's a great thing. And, you know, like I said, it's safe. You always have your phone. So unless people are looking through your phone, it's a good place to unload your feelings. Um, and then do something with it. Start an Instagram account. Go inspire other people um, to do better than you did. Go inspire other people not to make the same mistakes you've made. Avoid the pitfalls you fell into. Um, and I think that's advancing humanity in a great way is, you know, helping one another out. So, um, and then if you do start Instagram accounts, totally tag me, I'll follow you, comment. I love that kind of thing, I know, right? I yeah. I'm all about it. So anyway, I think that tr- do, do back to the original question, do bio parents 100% ever fully trust their kids with, the bonus slash step parent. I I trust you 100%. I'm like, if I leave, I'm gone. I'm like, do what you will. It does that make me trusting? Eh, does it make me lazy? Eh. <laughs> I'm all, do just, what you will. I'm like, really, though, at the end yeah. of the day, like, you know, if yeah, you. Yeah, but if I made a decision that you weren't okay with, we would have words about it. It wouldn't be like, maybe, oh, you, but, you know what? You made that decision. Oh, well, I trust you. Like, that's fine. I can guarantee knowing you that if I made a decision that you were like, mm, but it, but you know what, if you were a bio a mom also, I'd have the same reaction. If I'm like, like, come on, you know, like, That's you, his, like I'm going to get head. a shirt made that says, come on. Like, yeah. Like, like think <laughs> first, you know, think first, come on, think first. We're going to make those shirts. Are we? I don't that say is think like first you say, often. You say, come on all I the say, time. You say, I'm sorry, and then what do I, I say? I say, I'm sorry all the time, and you say, come on. No, I don't. I say, don't be sorry. Change. Yeah. Fuck my life. <laughs> um, oh, okay. gosh. So we had someone write in um, about gifting their, so gifting your ex during the holidays. Oh, from you or? Well, let's talk taking, about that. Okay. Because it, it opens a whole... <laughs> I'm sorry. Change. Let's talk about Don't getting your or gifting your ex during the holidays, birthdays, and special occasions. What about when the gifts are from the kids versus when they are from you, like ex to ex? How does either impact your current relationship? Is it appropriate? Yeah, I, that's a, a that's a weird one because I see where you could get comfortable enough, you know, where you're like, I'm not doing it to, I'm not buying diamond earrings and rings. and Or are you? Uh, well, then there's, there, I mean. I mean, what's appropriate, right? Like what right. is $20 versus $100 versus 1000 But like, also that's a weird fine line to get lines? to also that I think is only right within within your relationship with your spouse. If we were comfortable with with your co-parenting, with your ex and you're like, you know, like I'm sending the kids home. Like I'm going to send home, like you've been making these cookies. I'm going to send home a box of cookies for the family, you know, for their family, you know, for the ex, like what, like that, that, that type of stuff doesn't bother me. If you're like, He's Oh, he's already man, had them. I really need to go out and yeah. So have all the other exes. <laughs> what? No, 
<laughs> Who knows the statistics? It's <laughs> <was> funny. <laughs> um, but you know, if you're like, you're you're drawing from our bank account because you're gonna go get your ex something, or you're in a panic, or it, I, there's that weird, there's just a weird fine line. Then I think it's only appropriate in your relationship with your spouse, and you guys know how this is playing out. Like, I mean, it's also like being. Being a swinger couple, like, do we think it's a? Pro- I'm just saying. We went from gifting to I'm swinging. I'm just saying, it's appropriate <laughs> oh for God. some people. That is a gift. It might not be appropriate for us, but <laughs> some people, if it's like, if it's appropriate for you guys, like, like work it out, you know. But <laughs> the 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 next side of that is like, do you go out and do you buy gifts for? Do you bring a donkey home or what? Do you well, that was. <laughs> A surprise. You weren't supposed to know about that. But see, you guys, she gets into all of her presents. Um, oh, my goodness. But buying, like, buying presents for your ex, for your kids. Like, you know, mm. do you take your kids shopping mm-hmm. and be like, hey, we're going to get, you know, mom really wants this. I want to take, you know, because I, I feel like we've kind of discussed this a little bit over mm-hmm. the years. Like, where do you go with that? Yeah. So I think we, I think we touched on this on a podcast, like very, very lightly, but like what Eric and I have discussed is, you know, when everyone's moved on, like everyone has, everyone's remarried. So our, both of our exes remarried. And I feel like when you have a spouse, you don't need to do that. So like, let's say Mother's Day, Father's Day rolls around. And I think this is the podcast we discussed the gifting thing on. You know, it's like we leave it up to my kid's stepmom to go ahead and take my kids shopping for Father's Day or to celebrate Father's Day in that home. You know, we let the spouse, his new spouse lead that because she's there to do that. Same with your ex. You know, when Mother's Day comes around, it's she's remarried. She has a husband, you know, it's kind of his duty as the man of the house and, and the spouse of the house to right. facilitate holidays. Right. You know, it doesn't, it, it no longer is. And I think that's where Eric and I kind of landed. We don't do gifts for the other houses, period. Um, and that's be- mostly because everyone's just so moved on. Like there's no need for us to provide Christmas presents to the ex because she's got a husband who will gift her right. like you know there's no and why why start things that could be confusing or cause problems like best just to not even go down that um but in the beginning before Eric and I were married in the very very beginning I remember my ex and I exchanged not exchanged I got for father's day I had the kids make like a picture album for him and he gifted me with like a frame for Mother's Day. <clears throat> now we hadn't moved on. You know, we were freshly divorced. That was a whole new reality we were trying to navigate before Eric. And so I can see if you're single and you want to do that because everyone's single and there's no one really to step up to the plate to provide a special occasion well, gift that's, that's the, honoring the parents. That's it. It's it, that's what it, it's not even so, about necessarily honoring the parents or your ex it's about teaching your kids right or wrong and what to do because i'll still ask my kids um like what are you going to you know are you do you have a card do you have do you have gift you know just make sure they're thinking about this like 
hey, it's your mom's birthday. Did you did you get her a card? Do you have something for her? Yeah. You know, you want your kids to think in this in this mindset. You don't want to be like, <laughs> the kids forgot their mom's birthday. I'm not going to remind them. You know, you want your kids to become good human beings. So let's let's help them through this, you know? Like it it doesn't have to be a big thing, but ultimately it has to come down to what you and your spouse are comfortable with within your household, right? Yeah. Like that's I, that's what it. And what if your spouse like uh, the person who wrote in about this, you know, she's the new wife and her husband is still buying like gifts from him to his ex-spouse and she's feeling has feelings about that okay and it's not okay with her like how does one work that out um like what advice would you give that to comes her? again that comes down to communication you need to talk but, about be like look mm-hmm. this is i'm having an issue with this this <laughs> use our words like kindergarten like kindergarten. you're doing this <laughs> this is how it makes me feel right like, I feel like we all learn that in kindergarten yeah. or, or somewhere in life. Like, use your big boy words or your big girl words and be like, this is what you're doing. This is how it's making me feel. But really, it's as simple as that. Like, we're, we learned all these tools as little kids. Like, let's implement them as big kids now, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, and that's, that's ultimately what we need to do. Like, we just need to open up the line of communication and let our spouse know how we're feeling. Without it, before it turns into something, before it turns into that silent treatment. It does right? until the spouse is like, well, sorry, I've always done it this way and I'm going to continue and I'm sorry you feel that way. But what often happens is it gets turned into like, stop being insecure. Yeah, but that's also not being honoring. That's the other end of it. Like, try to figure out how to meet each other in the middle, right? Right. Like when you remarry, when you have a spouse, you know, <laughs> like... That should be your number one concern, not your ex. Right. If your ex is still your number one concern, you should probably not move on with right. anyone. Right. Right? Yeah. It's okay to be it's okay to be aware and conscientious and mm. make things happen, but also make sure that your partner is comfortable with it. Because at the end of the day, if you're not comfortable with something that I'm doing, like it's not all right. It's not appropriate, right? And That's how it should work. And That's I'm very grateful. You're a very honoring husband. I never have to worry about anything like that. I'm very, very lucky and very, very blessed. So, well, this is why you. we're, you're welcome. But this is why we're doing it. Like, so people think about this because there's a lot of things that I wouldn't have thought about without the type of communication that we have, you know, and that's ultimately what this comes down to communication. Yeah. So if, if this is happening, like you said, one of the, one of the listeners said that her husband is doing this, you know, for her ex. Like, also try to look at the other side of the coin and be like, why is he doing this? Is he is he truly not over her? Is he trying to guide his kids? Is he trying to show his kids love? Like, I don't know the whole circumstance. Is there someone else there? Is he just is he just trying to be a good man in his kids' lives and help out in that direction? Or is there an underlying thing like Nah, he's not over her. He's trying to win her back, you know. Or just keep, you know, there's a lot of, and I've seen this happen in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've seen this happen in other people's lives as well. But, like, there's something about you want to, even if you're never going to go back with your ex or someone you've been with, there's something about keeping them in your back pocket that's really appealing to exes. Like, 
they want you there, but they don't want you, but they want you there. Do you know what I'm trying to mm-hmm. say? Like, we want to keep that connection. We want to keep that fire just a little bit because I, I, I want that connection. I'm not completely comfortable, even if it's not like sexual or it's, it's not even a friendship. It's not like you're going to get back together, but it is trying to keep that fire burning just a tad because I, I don't know. I don't, I mean, there's a very, I mean, there's a thousand reasons why somebody would want to do that, Mm -hmm. but I've seen this a lot between exes and in blended families. And, you know, it is, it's kind of like that. Um, it's it's kind of like the, uh, the in-laws thing, you know, that we were talking about last week where, Mm -hmm. you know, they're still, they're still have the in-law thing going with the ex, and they're like, I'm uncomfortable to go to my in-law's house during the holidays because his or her ex is going to be there. And this is like, so there, it's like that weird thing. But at the end of the day, our our advice was like, you need to talk about this. Mm-hmm. You need to set boundaries. You need to draw a, sand, a line in the sand. Mm-hmm. And there, that you have to do that. Yeah, I mean, you protect your marriage over protecting your relationship with your ex or right. your relationship with anyone else. Like your marriage is... The core of the blended family. Without the marriage, the blended family ceases to exist. And so um, it is super important that you, your eyes, your attention, your honor, your, you know, that you're honoring your spouse, whatever that looks like, however that honors them. Um, But this feeds in right to our next question. Um, And it's actually (laughs) the same person wrote in two questions and they they go together perfectly. So... Um, Some more hints to who it is. Yeah. Why? Why? why just, it's like it's a message. Sure Nobody why. could. Okay, I mean, okay. unless you I'm just hacked silly. my Instagram, which people Ooh. are crazy. People watch and are crazy. Um, when the ex is chit chatty, not about the kids or about custody, and wants to. Oh, and wants help in their lives with things like fixing cars, setting up computers fixing household issues, how much is too much? How do you shut it down if you find it's causing problems in your marriage or you begin to feel taken advantage of? What exactly is too much? So in this situation, the ex is still reaching out to have conversations that Mm -hmm. are not related to custody or kids, Mm -hmm. asking for assistance with things like cars and setting up her new computer or fixing things around the house. Right. And I get that to some degree because you dealt with this a little bit and you felt like, you know, your kids were riding in that car or your kids were living, you know, whatever it was, like your kids were apart. And so you felt some sense of responsibility to help out. But then when new person comes along, it's also like, yeah, well, yeah, there's not a, my responsibility anymore. Right. Type of a situation. Yeah. And this really, like you said, <clears throat> hand in hand with the last one, but this really is kind of like the same but different. Like this same is, but different. This is Taco Bell, Chinese you guys. food. Oh, yeah, or or local <laughs> Chinese food. Same thing. Same thing. Um, it's it's a lot like Taco Bell. It's the same thing, just packaged differently. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's it's different layers and different orders. Um, it really comes down to what you guys are comfortable with. It also comes down to um, the situation. Everyone's situation is going to be a little bit different. But if you are at the point where you're just like, I need to draw the line in the sand, then do it. Don't let it go any longer. 
Don't let it go to the point to where that line that you're going to draw in the sand is actually going to be a cliff. And if anyone goes over it, you're just going to fall off and die. Like you need to draw the line in the sand and, and, and communicate like this is how this is making me feel, you know, when, when you do this and figure, figure out what that looks like and what that is for you guys and reel that in a little bit, you know? Yeah. And I mean, it's hard. It's a hard thing too. When you do, when you, when you give in or you are nice in the beginning and then you want it to stop because you give you've a mouse had, a cookie. Yeah. An inch, take a mile. Yes. So then that's awkward too, because you've, it's kind of like child rearing. You will let a bad behavior with your kids go for years until it becomes too hard to handle. And then they're too old really to correct the yeah, behavior. Now it's just a like bad it's habit. out of hand, right? Same kind of thing with this. You know, the it's best not to start it in the first place unless you plan to continue that forever. If you do start it, though, it is awkward to be like, okay. I know I did this for you for a year, but now it's not okay. And that usually gets blamed on a new spouse or whatever, which, you know, is what it is. But I mean, like, that's an awkward thing to cut off. Or if it's going to be a conflict thing, you know, make excuses. Like, you know, do what you do. If there's something your friend wants to borrow your truck and you're sick of letting them borrow your truck and you're not going to just be like, you know what? You can't be my friend anymore. We're done. You're never touching my truck again. Just start making excuses. <laughs> Let it Make reel out. <laughs> you got, you know, like, no, I got it. You know, I'm using my truck this day. Like, I can't, you know. Here's, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, a really good piece of advice um, that actually my ex and I have used, and it's helpful. You don't have to answer every text you get. Mm-hmm. You don't have to respond to every email you get. You don't have to answer every phone call you get. You don't have to engage in every conversation or fight you're invited to. Um, How's co-parenting going? (laughs) Well, we don't. I mean, there's been no conflict. Yeah, that's true. So I would rather have silence than conflict. Right. I would rather have silence than have my kids stuck in between a fight. Yeah, as long as business is getting handled at the end of the day. That's right. You know, and ultimately, as long as you're protecting your marriage and your relationship, in your kids, right. like, is, you know, start there. If that's all good, you know, then you can draw that line out a little bit further as long as it's all good. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it has to, it has to, it, it's like an accountant. It has to all add up, you know? Yeah, and, and I just, doesn't. yeah, honor your spouse first. And if you can't do that, then you probably shouldn't be married. Or you haven't found someone worth honoring, which you shouldn't be married. Right? Right. Right. Um, last. Oh, but we didn't. Oh, so make excuses. That's your what you're, that's your exit plan. This is a true no, boy fashion, it was, right? It was like, just this a, is, this it was a childish way to do. get out of it. Mm-hmm. Like, you just be like, you know what? They like, can't be honest. You can, but, but I'm saying if it's a high conflict thing and you're just like, this I is don't, where him and I differ. A I lot. don't want to deal with this. Like you're, you're mm-hmm. all about just like, Burn the bridge down, like get rid of them. Burn like, the house down, be kill direct. Them. Yeah. I'm just about not being fake. So I'm not either, but like, I'm also I'm just like direct. Like I, I feel like you may not like me, but you know where we, I fine. I don't care, but at least I'm not being fake to your face and then talking shit behind your back. Like, I'm not even, I'm not saying go that far. I'm just saying like reel it out a bit, you know, like if it's like, Hey, will you come over and, you know, change my oil? Like, well, you can go down to Jiffy Lube and have that done for 20 bucks. 
you know, like mm. maybe suggest that, you know, start making excuses. I'm not saying just be like, no, I, you know, I broke my wrist and I can't <laughs> change oil anymore, you know, but, but start making the excuses like, like, no, I'm busy that day, but you know, like you can go have that done for 20 bucks, you know, or, you know, I need, I need the room in my house painted. Like, okay. You know, like I know a great contractor, you know, like, like find ways out of it to where you don't have to burn the bridge down. And eventually they'll get the hint. Yeah. They'll get the hint. And Would a, it be and inappropriate it? to be like, ask your husband to do that or ask your no. wife to do that? No. Like, like, Is you that- know, like, are they capable, you know, like maybe they should. And I, and I'm pretty sure I've had that conversation in the past before, you know, like it, it comes to that point sometimes, but it yeah, is what, some it, it, is what it is, it. you know, like it's, it's find a way out of it. You yeah. guys, like you don't have to go all in and be like, don't ever talk to me again, you know, or, or just completely ignore every text there on out. Find what works for you guys. Yeah. But there is, I will say something to just being honest and you don't have to be rude or mean. <laughs> then but why it are you going to be fake? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh my gosh. But like I had a situation once where my ex texted me about a situation and wanted my opinion. And it had to do with his relationship with his current wife. This was many years ago. They weren't married. Um, They weren't engaged like very, very early on. And I think we were trying to navigate that. Um, And I just remember like, this isn't appropriate to ask me, like, you need to work this out with your girlfriend, not me. Like, I shouldn't know about this. And I told him, I'm like, actually, she would be probably upset if she knew you were talking to me or asking me about this. And I think it didn't come from a bad place. Like, I think he was just as the father or as the mother of his children really wanted my opinion because it affected our kids. Mm -hmm. And I really appreciated that. On the other hand, if I were the girlfriend in his life and he in this was going on about me, I would have been like, oh, I would have been so angry. So <clears throat> in that was helpful because then he never did that again. And I appreciated you drew that. You a line like, in the sand. Yeah, I mean, it protected me. Like, I don't necessarily want to know the details of their relationship as the ex, you know, and it protects her. I'm sure she, you know what I mean? Like sometimes it's for the best interest of everyone and you don't know till you start trying to navigate those waters. But I mean, sometimes being honest and like putting it, laying it out there and telling your reasons why, like, yeah, this isn't appropriate any longer. Mm-hmm. You're remarried. Stop asking for help because it's, you have a husband or a wife who can do that for you. Like, it's not appropriate anymore. Aren't, like, look to them. They're your spouse or they're your girlfriend. They're they're your significant other. Like, push, you know, because I think we also get very used to when you've been married and done life with someone for however many years, you get used to that's your person. Whenever you need someone, that's always been your person. And it's a habit. And I totally feel for people who have to relearn that you know like it's just natural like I open my phone I click on Instagram I don't even think about it you know it's just like it's, it's a habit addicted. <laughs> it's just a habit addicted. but I also think that part of like getting divorced and moving on is you have to retrain your brain not to automatically you know think of your ex or 
think of their opinion, you know what I mean? Like it doesn't, their opinion on most things, except for like most things, not the kids don't matter. Right. So, um, I also, you know, you need to extend grace and you need to understand that it just sometimes takes time to rewire your brain and stop those habits. And sometimes that can feel wrong because you've done this for so long for someone and stopping this good deed feels wrong and that weighs on your conscience. And so to give this husband in question the benefit of the doubt, he could, like Eric said, just trying to be a good human. And it's hard to stop doing good for someone because it's nothing but good, right? Yeah, because a lot, like, for instance, in my case, a lot of it was, like, stuff I do for everyone else. You know, if I was our next-door neighbor, if it was, you know, my my one of my friends, like... It's one of those things like once you are in a habit of doing things for everyone, you know, why are you going to pick and choose? And so it makes it it makes it hard. So find what works for you guys. Yeah. But I also but your spouse first. Sorry. Ring on mic. Last question of the night. But not least. But not least. Isn't that like whenever you say last, (laughs) I'm pretty sure you, you have to say but not least. But not least. Yeah. It's about exes. I feel like most of our podcasts lately have been. But people, I mean, we, we go in, we go in waves. I feel like sometimes we? then we get in like, all we talk about is the kids or all we talk about is co-parenting. Yeah. It just, it is what it is. With the exes. Um, all right. When your ex says it, that they're dating and dating and introducing potential life partners to your guys's kids is their business. And you as the other bio parent should not bother to involve yourself. How quickly is it appropriate for someone to enter the child's lives and at what level? What if there's concerns your children are being exposed to those relationships very rapidly and it's emotionally confusing for them? What can you do? Well, you can be concerned all you want. And the frustrating part is it doesn't matter. Like that's the bottom line. I hate to draw that that picture, you know, in that conclusion. But ultimately that is... Yeah, I mean, what we've learned in our processes is that a parent has a right to date whoever they want, however many people they want to date. They can introduce. They they can introduce kids. I mean, unless uh, unless they're bringing people around that are doing drugs or abusing. But even then, you guys, you have to realize getting evidence to prove all that is completely asinine. So good luck getting evidence to be able to submit in court if it comes to that, that said person is bad for the kids. I know somebody who, um, like, there was abuse and they couldn't prove it, and... um, I don't know. I feel like it's a it's it's a bummer. It's you guys. a bummer. But on the flip side, like that was, you know, do you want the good news or the bad news? We gave you the bad news first. Sorry. We didn't even give you the option. But on the good news is you have the right to have the same options. You can choose how your kids mm-hmm. how often your kids are seeing someone that you're dating, how who they're around. And what that process looks like for you. So you be the one to set the example, regardless of what the other parent's doing. And even if it gets to the point where you're just like, I can't take this anymore, bad-mouthing the other parent through this, 
isn't going to help anything either. So just remember, like, you be the safe space. You be the example. You be the guide. And hopefully, as your kids grow up, they're going to see that. They're going to see the decisions and they're going to be able to choose for themselves, you know, and that this is a huge thing that kills me about child support. And I think I've talked about this before. Um, it's kind of hand in hand with this. It's like judges grant child support to one or the other sides in different increments to level out the playing fields. So the kids live the same life and lifestyle at both homes. And my different way of thinking, I'm like, that's not really cool to me. I'm like, you know what? If these parents aren't together anymore for whatever reason, why can't they just go their own separate way? If one becomes a millionaire and one becomes, you know, a a, a grocery store worker, you know, why can't kids see two different styles of life and how it works out and how how this lifestyle works out for this parent, this style works out for this parent, you know? Like you know, you hear about, uh, you know, professional sports athletes, you know, I, they rap about it, you know, <laughs> like driving, driving, driving to, you know, practice in a Hyundai because, you know, baby's mama got, you know, all the money and she ain't nothing but a gold digger. But you see what I say when it comes down to that example, like, OK, so so now like these kids basically because one parent's made it like these kids have to live a lifestyle of the kids making it or just because one parent has gone to college and has a good career and has this level. Now the other parent has to be able to provide that same level for the kid. Like, no, like the parents didn't work out in the first place They, you know, they obviously have two different lifestyles or, or just don't see eye to eye. Let their kids see the difference in their parents. This is the decisions that this parent makes. This is the decision that this parent makes. These are the outcomes. You know, let our kids become dynamic. Let our kids become us. You know, they can they can choose. You know, do we want to be, you know, like mom who's the CEO of this company or do we want to be like dad who works in a mechanic shop, you know? and Both excellent jobs, P.S. I'm just saying, like, but they're two totally different jobs. Like, I get, I get your point, and I think child support works half the time. I think half the time, you know, it is bogus and it is frustrating because it's not truly necessary and parents don't use child support for what it's intended to be used for. Um, Like my dad, you know, paid child support my whole life to the tune of like $800 a month. Um, And that was back, God, 50 years ago because I'm so old now. But, you know, my mom, I know she used it to, like, I got to go travel. I got to see things. Like, she poured it right back into my life. I think the other half, well, so I think 50% of the time it gets misused or it's not necessary. And it creates more fights, right? Like, I would rather just not fight about money. But the other half of that, the other side of that, Eric, is... You know, let's paint a picture of like, oh, a house, we're just going to be traditional about this, right? Like a housewife married to her husband, you know, 20 years, they have little kids at this age in the game. You know, it was decided in their marriage that mom was going to stay home and be a housewife and take care of the kids. So she didn't finish college and she doesn't have a career. She may never have even had a, a job because they married young. And he's like, I'm stepping up. I'm taking care of our family. I want, and they decided that together. Okay. Very traditional. 
husband goes and has an affair, falls in love with his 22-year-old secretary, who's way more fun, way more fit, hasn't pushed out three kids, and leaves her with nothing. Mm-hmm. She deserves child support. Yeah, but also, but now... Do you know just, what I mean? But, like, that's okay, but a very at, common But here's the other thing. part of that argument, then. I, and Why I are see we talking that, about child support? And I see that, and I see... Because it was part of that whole thing. Was it? Yeah, anyways. <laughs> uh, you know, so why not limit it? Why has it got to be till 18? Why not till, you know, okay, well, you have three years. Or this circumstance, it has this amount. This circumstance, it's so... It's so black and white, mm-hmm. cut and dry, and they down to the point to where they have a freaking calculator for it that makes no damn sense. Well, I it's just a, I think they try to even the playing field, but I think that there are instances where child support is justified, warranted, necessary. I don't want <laughs> no, get, no, right? No, of course. I mean, yeah, dude. No, I get it. I get it. I was about to make, but dating when it comes to dating. <laughs> Being a divorced or a single parent and dating, um, it is really hard. Like, it's for sure, I want to validate, you know, this mom's concern that dad might have a revolving door, and that's confusing for the kids, because it is confusing for the kids, Um, and it doesn't teach healthy life lessons for the kids. So, I also know that... Bio parents date to find babysitters for their kids. This is a very real thing. I remember my dad, my biological father, um, pretty sure he married someone who would cook and clean and stay home and take care of his kids when he was not home because he worked full time. And when I would go down there to my parents' house or my dad's house, you know, and it was my stepmom and I. Most of the time, unless my brother came and visited, but he needed somebody to take care of me. My mom wasn't there. And I think that that is a big reason why there's a lot of dating, a lot of introducing to kids is just for that purpose. Um, But it is hard and it is maddening. And all you can do is set a better example for kids because Everyone gets so afraid of how kids are going to learn life lessons in the other home. Because it's different. The other home is different than our home. Um, And you have an equal opportunity to have influence over your kids. And I don't know why parents don't understand that kids are smart. They do see two different homes. They are experiencing two different lifestyles. And I will tell you, one will resonate with them. You know, you will have just as much of an impact on your kids as the revolving door of, you know, dating partners versus if you're just single until you meet that person and you, you know, you date for a while and you finally feel like it's going somewhere. So you're going to enter like that has just as much of an impact as fast dating. So I think you just have to, as a bio parent, more focus on your life. This is much easier said than done. But focus on your life, how you're living your life, the choices that you're making. Do they align with your values? Do they align with how you want your kids to be, to grow up to be, to respect, like all those things. And you can't control what goes on in the other parent's household. And I know everyone has a really hard time with this, but if you really suspend reality and you go down that rabbit hole, 
think about, like research, pay for one hour in an attorney's office and sit there. Attorneys will give you an hour at a time. Go pay them. Ask them all your questions. The reality of what judges will and will not give on, uh, the reality of what's submittable in court and not, what you can prove in court and not, is very different than your hard mindset of, this is wrong and I'm going to go fight this. And it's like, okay, you can go spend 20 grand in court to fight this, but you're not, like the chances of you going anywhere are really, really small. So you have to talk yourself off the cliff and you have to do the best job you can in your situation and trust that that has equal, if not greater impact than the other home. And also part of this too, I'm going back five subjects from when you started talking. Are we talking. off of child support? Yeah. Okay. But also the, um, you know, the people that they're bringing around too, this could be an issue to you, but it also could be an issue to them, you know, and also realize that you can't pick who your ex is dating or <laughs> seeing or uh, marrying, whatever it might be, you yeah. know, I mean, it could be, it could be you know, the devil himself, you know, and that's like kind of, oh, well, look at it as, you know what, my kid is going to learn something good or bad, you know, in my situation, my kids have, have, have grown and, and in your situation too, grown to like and bond with their step parents, you know, they teach them different things or differently than we would. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, are they in a toxic household when they go to the other family no they're in a loving household where they like to go where they learn differently from us and and even if you'd mentioned that you know two totally different households even if your households are very very similar they're still different you know the parents are going to be different the personalities are going to be different the siblings are going to be different all of it as similar as they are are, mm -hmm. are going to be different so know that too like you know you you have chosen something someone who your ex-spouse might not agree with, but at the end of the day, you see quality in it, you know? Like, I see quality in you. I know my kids are learning different things than they would learn in the other household. I know they're loved, you know? It, it's, there's always grass is greener on the other side in these situations. So don't dwell so much on the other situation. Really focus on your situation and, like, you know, realize, like, there's a lot of good that is going to come out of all of this. It's so true. And another thing to keep in mind when you're freaking out about who your who your ex is dating, it's really, really important you take yourself out of it. Because it's so easy to be like, and I can attest to this, like, I would not have picked my kid's stepmom for them. Nope, not in a million years. I would have rather him brought home an 18-year-old stripper um, when I first found out. Didn't Akon... <laughs> make a song about that yeah but the only the reason why right is her and I had history and bad history and toxic history and it was all about her and I and what went down however when I took off my glasses of my personal biases towards her and how uncomfortable it was and everything you know and just was like, how are my, like, my kids adore her. My kids have a great relationship with her. She pours into my kids so much. They're happy, you know, and they do have great relationships. And, they, and so they learn different things than they would yeah. here. You guys are different people. That's right. And I, 
I have to give it to her. Like she is a great stepmom to my children and I can't, I don't have a bad thing to say about how she stepmoms my children, right. you know, and they have my ex and her seem to have a very loving, great marriage, which I am so thankful for that they're not in a, a, a toxic home. Um, and so when you can take, like when you can settle your heart down and it's not about you anymore, you know, like I don't have to be friends with her. We're never going to have a friendship. We're never going to have coffee and be like, cool. Never say never. I mean, never say, but you know what I mean? Like, it's not about me. It's about my kids. And when you keep going back to, it's about the kids, it's about the kids. It's not about what I think about her personally. That's not the issue. And my kids have their own experiences with her. And I think that you have to really like try to see how it is through the kid's eyes and not your own. Like your own panics, your own worries are just your worries. Your fears are just your fears. And that's oftentimes not even reality. Um, And so, you know, turns out um, I'm grateful for her. Turns out I'm glad that she is my kid's stepmom, you know, all all issues aside, it's been right. Like they have, my kids have never really said anything. All kids are like annoyed at parents at some point. Of course, all all of our kids love us differently. (laughs) But my point is, it's like, I've been through that where you're, where you're not so stoked on who your ex has chosen, but it's not about you, you, you know, it's, it's about the kids and how they're treated. And I just think that is the perspective and, and, I don't think, I mean, I'm sorry if your ex is dating a revolving door of women and introducing them way too soon. That's hard for kids. But, I let mean, the no ki- doubt. but let the kids see that. Like the kids might see, you know what? That's not a lifestyle I want. And they're know? not going to like it. Yeah. It's not going to be comfortable. It's not going to be a place of security right. for them. Right. But that's also like you not as much as you want that to be your decision, it's not going to be. But then you get to a place like where Julie is right now, where she's like, you know what? It's not the person I would have picked. I would have picked anyone else but her. But you're at a place now where you're like... Gratitude. Uh, gratitude. So that, gratitude. that is slowly inching in. And then you say like, oh, we'll never go sit down and have coffee. Well, yeah, you said you would never like this this lady <laughs> years ago. Like, you know, yeah. it might be a slower burn. Well, but, okay. But eight years Do from I now... like her? Or my, no, but, no. but I'm just saying, eight years <laughs> from now, like you might be like, yeah, like... You know, we, we, you know what I mean? So you never know. I don't drink beer, but my, my ex's husband, like I I could sit down and have a drink with the guy. If you know, like I, I have no, I have no ill feelings towards him. You know, I see him dropping up or picking up, picking up the kids, you know, Hey, how's it going? You know, like we don't, there's no animosity. You're also, you also have an amazing heart. And that's one of the things I love most about you and challenges me most about you is I don't share that. I don't, for me, and it's, it's, so I get stuck in like that's being fake. Like I'll wave, but I'm like not going to be nice to you. Like I'm not going to be rude, but I'm not going to be engaging in a fake nicety if I don't feel it. You know, if I don't, I, it's just, it's not how I'm built. I'm not built that way. I'm not even saying be fake about it. I'm saying get to a point in your heart where you just don't care anymore. But your heart's so different. Because you are genuinely like you would say hi to my ex, you would mm-hmm. say hi to my kid's stepmom. Like you're just you just love, and I. Um, and it's not that I even love them. I just 
I don't. You're just con- like I don't, you have a different heart, and I, I love that. Yeah, about I don't you. hate them. I don't like. I have. I have nothing to be mad or hateful or. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? That's that's just not who I am, and that's not. Yeah. What our agree. situation is. I would totally. I love so, that about so you. So why? So why have that there? You know, it's like, well, you know, if. if my ex calls me and needs to talk about something. I can talk to her if I, if mm-hmm. I see her husband, you know, I can, I can talk to him, you know, yeah. my kids FaceTime with their siblings right next to me, you know, sometimes, you know, like, Oh, what are you guys doing? I'm part of the conversation at that point. You know, like it is what it is. You know, we yeah. see, we see your ex or his, his wife at mm-hmm. events, you know, it's like, I don't hate you. So why am I going to treat you? any differently than I would treat this other person standing right next to you who I don't like or or dislike any more or any less than you. Like, yeah. why treat people differently? But you guys? also don't hold on to things. Right. You also are a personality that lets things roll off your back and lets things go. Once you're done being mad, right? Once I'm done being mad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we do have to get through Once that. Once I've gotten the milk. Um, and I, I really, I treasure that about you. I, I tend to hold on to things. I tend to like when, when somebody shows me who they are, I go ahead and I believe them. Like, you do. Okay. okay I, so listen, I, I see who you are, but, uh, but I'm going to correct you a little bit on you for a minute oh. <laughs> just because I can't, but it's a Typical. good thing you, oh. but you do hold on to things. Yeah. But you, you just don't, you don't let them go as soon. You hold on to things longer, yeah, but you do let sure. them go. Like we were we were, sit, we were getting food the other night and we had a conversation. I won't go into details about the conversation, but I pointed out like, look at where you were a few months ago. Uh, you never would have expected. You were on such another level mm-hmm. of, of anger and mm-hmm. animosity and mm-hmm. there was just so much more going on. But look where you are now. Mm-hmm. You just take a little longer. Well, and I, and I'm also, I know who I am and I, that's all God. Like truly that's divine. Right. That is not my humanity. My humanity is hard. My humanity is is tough. And so um, I'm grateful that God has the power to trump my heart and soften it when it needs to be softened because we are called to forgive um, and we are called to connect and love, you know, love thy neighbor all that Thy bullshit. Neighbor, arr. Arr. <laughs> the pirate wrote that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, God, <sighs> bigger than me. Yeah, harder than you. Tougher. <laughs> you said you're hard. Well, me and my hard wife are out of here. <laughs> I said heart. <laughs> oh, you said hard. Oh my like, goodness, that was a weird way of explaining yourself. <laughs> Anyways, you guys, thank you for tuning in with us tonight. We are The Blended Life. and We're really just so happy and grateful that you guys are here sharing your experiences with us and our crazy Mm -hmm. experiences and just giving us input, giving us feedback, watching us, viewing us on all the ways. (laughs) So anyways, (laughs) thanks, you guys. Thanks, guys. guys. Bye. Bye.